Well, I'm here looking out over Hyderabad uh, from the uh, International Convention Centre um, and I'm talking to Stas Smirnov, one of the Fields medalists. Uh, I guess the question, first of all, is how does it feel to have won a Fields medal? Well, it's certainly very nice uh, to be recognised by your colleagues. Uh, but uh, And it's, it's, it's sort of quite unusual to have... Uh, be in the center of attention for a while so in a sense I would I'm hoping it will soon come it will soon be over uh, but of course it's it's very nice to be recognized by your colleagues but you have to remember also that we don't uh, really do mathematics for medals we do it out of curiosity so this being nice it's I still can't wait to get back to my theorems um, now your the work that part of the work that you're recognized for was in percolation theory can you perhaps give us an idea what, what percolation theory involves? Well, it's one of the simplest models in statistical physics. Well, the simplest to formulate, not, not necessarily to study. And it's from a wide range of phenomena in statistical physics where you have simple rooms, rules at molecular scale which lead to complicated phenomena at the normal scale, human scale, we observe. So this, is, this particular model is a model for random medium, uh, a liquid seeping through me random medium or for spread of uh, fire in the forest or something. So you model random medium by a grid and uh, say for each uh, vertex of a grid you toss a coin to decide whether it's open and clo or closed. Uh, maybe a biased coin, it depends on the grid. And then you want to see where the liquid can seep through the open vertices. So you study the regions which are, say, infected by infection or the regions which are burnt out by a fire in the forest or the region where liquid can seep through. In this very simple rule, there is no interaction whatsoever. All the vertices are independent. It can lead to very interesting fractal sets. So for example, if you take just the critical percolation probability so that the liquid, uh, so that the fire doesn't eat up everything in the plane, but uh, also it doesn't stop immediately, but it goes some distance, then, for example, the cluster which is burned by fire will be a fractal set of fractal dimension 91 over 48. So it's very simple rule can lead to complicated phenomena. And the critical probability that you were talking about, um, the way I understood it was that if the probability that these vertices are, are open is very high, then it's likely it'll spread across the whole plane. If the probability that the vertices are open is very low, then it's going to stop quite quickly. But there's a particular probability at which point it immediately can spread across the whole plane. It opens that opportunity up. Yeah, this, this is sort of a perfect example of what we call a phase transition or a critical phenomena that... Uh, it's sort of clear mathematically that if you increase the probability of being open, you get bigger and bigger clusters. But what you don't uh, normally expect from the usual intuition that there will be a discontinuous behavior. That if you look at a system of very, very large size, then when you change uh, small, when probability is small, basically there is no spread at all. When probability is large, everything uh, spreads. So this is more or less clear. But uh, what is interesting is that there is a critical value and up to critical value you get essentially zero probability and after you get essentially one. So there is this jump and the most interesting is the phenomenon which happens at this critical probability. And now I also have to say that it's not so, once you believe in that, it's not so difficult to see that 
this critical probability it will be dependent on the structure of your network. So the more connection network has, then the lower it will be, the easier it will be to spread. So for example, if you take, uh, if you play with the vertices of triangular lattice, it's a celebrated theorem of Keston that it's one half, you can determine it exactly. But if you play with the vertices of square lattice, we don't know the exact value, probably it's some transcendental number, 0.58 or something, 0.59 I think. Um, so the critical probability might be different for different models. But uh, what you expect is that the way the phase transition goes, so for example, the dimension of fractal clusters will be the same for all models. So that's what physicists would call universality, and you see it in everyday life. For example, different liquids, they have different freezing temperatures. Water freezes at zero, spirit freezes at much lower temperature, but the whole process of freezing, it looks similar for different liquids. So what you're saying, um, for different lattices, different shaped lattices, so tri with triangular shapes, with square shapes, their critical probability may be different, but the way the process happens at that critical probability will be the same across different shaped lattices. Exactly. And, uh, and the other thing uh, when we were listening to the lecture about your work was this idea of a scaling limit and this idea of your lattice or your mesh, looking at what happens as that, the gaps in that mesh get smaller and smaller. And why, why are we interested in taking the scaling limit? Uh, well, there are, there are two reasons. Um, and one reason that in the usual physical world, when you study, for example, a glass of water, the size of molecule of water is much more than the size of the glass. Uh, it's, it's like in this glass of water, there are more than a million of a million of a million of molecules of water. Uh, and uh, so effectively, it corresponds to taking the lightest step uh, smaller than one in a million and uh, it's essentially it's so small that it's uh, nothing changes much when, when we change it after that it's already for, for a naked eye you, you would see the same phenomenology you would, of course in a infinite system even with one billion molecules you don't see phase transition it's so smooth but it's smooth but it's so it jumps so fast that uh, effectively in experiment you think that it is discontinuous so one thing is that uh, effectively in real systems, the lattice step is so small, then you can just as well assume that it's taken to zero. And that is good because when it's taken to zero, we get an idealized mathematical model where, if, if you prove that it exists, where um, this extra parameter lattice mesh disappears. And what happens, for example, in universality, that the lattice structure disappears. So, for example, in square lattice, you would have obvious symmetries uh, of the model by 90 degrees rotations. In triangular lattice, you would have 60 degree rotation symmetries. In some other graphs, you might have no symmetries at all. So what happens is that this lattice structure in the limit disappears and the model becomes symmetric under all rotations and even more under conformal transformation. So in the limit, you get more information about it because there are more symmetries. So the idea, not only does it represent physical reality better, it also actually makes the mathematics easier to deal with. Yes, uh, both are correct. Of course, in physical reality, we have finite scale, and sometimes there are problems where this plays a role, that the scale is actually finite, it's not, not zero. Uh, but uh, if you want to do some first-order approximations, it's much better to assume that the size of molecule is zero. And the other thing, which is interesting, that this is one of the ways to introduce quantum field theories, that you take uh, random discrete models, and if you pass to limit and you manage to get random continuum object, then this is one of the ways how you can get non-trivial quantum field theories. So it has applications to quantum field theories as well? 
Uh, yes, yeah, well, what, what uh, we did, uh, me and my collaborators, those were two-dimensional cases where there are other ways to introduce these quantum field theories, but you certainly get more knowledge about them. Is there more work to do on this area that you're currently working on, or are you now working in sort of different fields? Oh, there, there is certainly a lot of work to do. I'm not sure that uh, uh, I will be doing it, maybe, maybe someone else, uh, but there are certainly many interesting questions. We, we progressed with two models, but even with pincalation, it's only one lattice which is done. And uh, it would be interesting to understand how physicists originally arrived at these questions and what they did. They introduced a normalization group theory, and this is we are very far from doing it mathematically, really very far. All right, well, thank you very much, Daz. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Congress. Yeah, thank you, Rachel, and have a nice time with your journal. Thank, thank you. you.